Welcome back to the Words with a Wise Guy podcast. This week, it is going to be Nikki Larchmiller, who's currently coaching at Eastern Illinois University. Uh, for you Shocker fans, she'll be a familiar name as she was a multiple-time All-American here at Wichita State. Uh, we recruited her out of San Diego, California, and then she made a home here for several years at Wichita State before moving back to California for a year to pursue some post-collegiate track and field where she represented Team USA. She's now, like I said, ending her first year at Eastern Illinois as a full-time coach. So we talk all about that and about how they're dealing with the coronavirus situation. It's March 26th on a Thursday is when we recorded this, as things seem to change day by day. So a lot of fun getting back in touch with Nikki and talking to her about everything that is uh, track and field with her in Eastern Illinois. So this is the conversation with Nikki Larchmiller. Uh, so how is how are things going in Eastern Illinois, and what do you guys you know what's the story with how you heard about the everything getting canceled? What's the Eastern Illinois version of that? We've heard a lot of different you know schools talk about their story, but what's what was it like at Eastern Illinois? Um, I would say mostly we found out like through social media. It seemed like things were being put out there quicker than they were actually being released to our you know specific um, colleges and things like that. And there was just such a slow like time for them to tell us what their decisions were on everything. And so we were just finding everything out with no answers of what was going to happen. So it's kind of frustrating because athletes are seeing things too. And then they're texting us, asking us questions. It's like, you guys, you literally know as much as we do. Like you're seeing exactly what we're seeing on social media, like with these updates. So that was kind of frustrating. Um, I don't know. I don't know if there was a better way they could have handled it though in order to get information out to individual colleges and, you know, um, conferences and stuff. But I would say overall, they handled it pretty well. Um, they kind of shut down everything pretty quick, pretty quick, decided to, um, give us an ex- extended spring break. And then they decided, you know, obviously a couple days into that, that they were going to make us go online for the rest of the semester, which I think was smart. Um, I think it would have been a little bit easier for some people, uh, had they made, a decision about going online earlier um, only because like Rodney um, back in Wichita, his daughter plays um, tennis here and he had texted me and said, Hey, Brittany's stuff is still in her dorm, but she's back in Wichita and can't fly back. Can you send me her books? Cause she needs those for online. So I think, you know, they did the best that they could, you know, with things changing so quickly, you know, minute to minute, literally. It's been, you know, strange trying to formulate plans for our team have you guys what have you guys done have you tried to put workouts together how are your kids taking it um they're bored we haven't given any like strict instruction or anything like that yet we we're i was just talking to brenton about it yesterday about what we were going to do and we were going to give them kind of a general outline of how they can stay somewhat fit because we can't just have them not do anything but i think you know it's the question for all coaches right now is like do i have them continue to do things and take time off but they're not motivated right now since their season's over. So should should I give them time off now and then have them start up? But then it becomes an even longer season if we do that. So we're kind of, you know, trying to figure it out. Like you said, talking to other coaches and see what they're doing and kind of trying to formulate a plan right now. It's just general training, some circuits that we're going to put together for them. Um, I had one athlete text me a couple of days ago and he's like, Hey coach, I'm really bored. I'm sick of sitting around my house. Can you send me a workout? I'm like, sure. So instead of actually sending him like a track workout, I challenged him to three things. And the last one was like a no arm burpee. So I'm just like (laughs) trying to mess with him now and have a good time because, you know, there's no like rhyme or reason to anything at this point. So we've got a kid from South Africa who 
when he went home, he had to do a 14-day quarantine. That was like if you're coming from another country, you have to do a 14-day quarantine. And so then at the end of that, now they just instituted a 21-day quarantine for the whole country. So he's literally a month, over a month in his house. And, that sounds terrible. Yeah. And so some kid, and, and so we just had today, we, we actually met with our groups um, on Zoom. We did a, like a group chat and everyone kind of reported where, you know, where they're at, what they're doing, what their workout facilities are like. And he's like, well, this is it, you know, looking around at his room because there's <laughs> nowhere he can go. And I think they have to get permission to go to the grocery store you know, stuff like that. It's, it's really locked down in some places. And even in Dallas, it seems like certain cities are more locked down than others. In Wichita, we're pretty lucky. They're still, you know, most people are able to go, come and go as they need to, but, um, you know, facilities are certainly closed. So, you know, it's definitely different from kid to kid trying to figure out what to do. And it really feels like the summer already, like in some ways, like you don't know if it's a weekday or weekend and, you know, you can get a little lazy, probably that way. So we're trying to just tell them to get up at the same time every day, start creating some routines, you know, and I'm the same way. I don't know how you are, but like trying to get into a routine of work, it's difficult. So I've been starting to try to actually get up and work out the first thing. So I have something to start my day and then, you know, have a little office at home now and, and work on recruiting or whatever there is to work on. So it seems like it's just like, uh, grinding to a start and trying to figure out how to operate even as a coach do you find that yeah yeah I definitely do it's definitely it's weird you know I'm a huge extrovert you know that I'm used to talking to mm-hmm. people I know Brent and I ask him 30,000 questions a day so it's just different not seeing them every day um, I've definitely been doing the social distancing which is driving me absolutely insane like yesterday I went for an hour walk and waved to every single car that drove by me because I, I don't know what other interaction I can have right now <laughs> Um, but it's different. I mean, like you said, trying to wake up at the same time every day just to keep it routine. Cause you know, I knew what it was like as a, you know, college athlete, when you go to the summer and then you come back for fall training, it's hard to get back into your routine. And so now this is going to be another couple months added on to the summer of being out of routine and everything. So it's going to be even harder for them to come back. Um, and not only that, they're missing their training and things. And so it's just, it's just a weird time, but I guess, you know, everybody's dealing with it. It's not like only Wichita state and Eastern are dealing with it. Like everybody's on the same page and we're all going to have to just deal with it and we'll, you know, do it, do what we need to as, as the time goes on. You mentioned Brenton a couple of times. He's your boss there, the head coach, Brenton Emanuel at um, Eastern Illinois. How, how has your first year been there and transitioning from an athlete to uh, your volunteer coaching at Wichita state? And then now your full-time coach, you're starting over again, I guess you could say it's kind of like your freshman year. <laughs> yeah, it's been a heck of a freshman year, that's for sure. Um, definitely a memorable one with all this going on. Um, you know, I think it's it's been a fun year so far. I love coaching. I'm super glad I got into it. Uh, I think, you know, I've texted you and um, Bolt several several different times apologizing for things I did as an athlete. Now that I'm, you know, in the, on the coach side of things, and it's like, oh, my God, why did I complain about these things? Or why did I do these things or ask these questions so much? Like, so it's definitely been an experience. Um, I've loved every minute of it, though. You know, it's we have a really good team culture here, um, which has made my first year even better. Um, everybody has really bought in to everything, and they haven't questioned, you know, my coaching philosophies and my ways. And they've been really open to me, you know, making mistakes. Because 
nobody's ever perfect. I'm still a very new coach, um, learning things as I go. And so the athletes have been really good with me, especially like my pole vaulter, Matt. He has helped me learn pole vault as much as I've helped him um, improve in his, you know, in his jumps and everything. And so it's just been a really ex- good experience that I've had so far. Um, Brenton, he's been absolutely incredible. Um, he's amazing at what he does in terms of a coach, um, a mentor, a head coach, a friend. He's just really good at everything he does. He's been someone that I've been truly blessed just to have in my life and guiding me along along the way. Um, he's a very good recruiter, which has helped because, you know, that's something you and Bull always emphasized to me when I decided I wanted to get in coaching is, you know, you can you can be a great coach, but if you don't have good athletes to coach, then it doesn't matter because you're not going to have athletes there. So you always emphasize recruiting, and he's really taught me a lot about that. Obviously, there's still a ton to learn, but it's been a really good first year, I would say, as a coach. And, you know, something that pops out to me, um, something that you actually told me, um, I switched to elementary education when I was in college getting my degree. And I'll never forget you saying, like, are you sure you want to be tied down to a bell every single day? Like telling you when you can go to work and when you got to go home. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, no, I don't. <laughs> well, I can, you know, I, I can remember I didn't want to coach coming out of college and I was just, but I liked <clears throat> the track and field situation at Kent State. The, you know, I liked college sports and I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I didn't, I didn't know if I wanted to coach, but I knew I wanted to be around it. And so then eventually it made sense that that was like the natural thing to do. Um, it took me a while, probably longer than you to figure that out, but you were kind of flirting with post-collegiate track and field and, you know, a little bit. And so what, you know, what was the turning point, I guess, from when you decided to, you know, you were an all American athlete, you were a much better athlete than I was, but, um, you were at USA championships, you had represented USA internationally. And so what, what for you, do you remember, what the moment was that said, you know what, I think I'm done with this and I'm ready to do this. Yeah, it was actually a um, conversation that Bolt and I had last year at the convention. Um, I'll never forget it. We were sitting down in the lobby and I was like, hey, dude, I just need to talk to you. Like, I don't know what I what I want to do anymore. I can't stay healthy. You know, I'd been training for a year and a half post-collegiate. My Achilles just would not let up. Um, I had done what I wanted to do, which was compete for Team USA, and I just, you know, was getting his opinion on what he thought, and just the conversation that we had, he was, you know, very very honest with me, like he always is, and it helped make my decision, it's like, okay, I either need to be all in, or move on with my life, I can't partially, you know, have one foot here, and one foot here, because post-collegiate training, like, yes, you know, I had some talent, things like that, but if I want to get to the next level, I needed to be all in, and I just wasn't all in, and he helped me realize that, and I was excited to get on to my future. I knew that I absolutely loved coaching. Um, I knew there were going to be opportunities out there, and I wanted to be able to kind of dive dive right into that. And so just that one conversation that I had with him helped me decide, like, okay, I'm ready to be done with it. I'm okay with being done with it, and I want to get on to the next part of my life. Um, yeah, I, I think I should take most of the credit for where you're at at this point because, you know, I was the one that flew out this – Los Angeles to meet you in San Diego <laughs> and some maybe had a little bit to do with convincing to come to Wichita state. And then I'm the one that was, you know, really good friends with Brenton. And, uh, as Brenton was looking for a coach, I was like, well, I think we might know somebody that might be, you might want to try to call. No, I'm just kidding. But well, you're not wrong though. <laughs> <laughs> so you were talking about coaching pole vault, um, a little bit. So what's it like trying to coach an event that you didn't do? 
for me, like the hurdles are a little bit like that because I didn't hurdle. So at first, especially when I was right out of college trying to figure that out, that was intimidating. Do you feel that way with pole vault or have you gotten to the point with, you know, you're comfortable with it now? But you're, you're talking about learning from pole vaulters. My first year, I had a guy at the national meet in the hurdles that certainly knew more about me than the hurdling. Than her, you know, <laughs> than knew, knew about more about hurdles than me, I should say. And so I was learning from him more than he was learning from me at that point. I was lucky. But do you feel that way or how, how is that going with pole vault? Yeah, I would say pole vault's been more challenging to learn than triple jump, um, only because the fear of getting them hurt because of choosing a pole, where to put the, their grip height and things like that, when to move up, when to move down, you know, all those different factors that you don't have to deal with in any other event, you know, um, that's made it kind of intimidating. Um, but Brenton's been really good at kind of guiding me along that saying like, you know, it's okay to, to fail. It's okay to not know the answers try it see what happens if it works great keep going down that path if it doesn't then try something new and just be honest with your pole vaulters um and matt you know my main pole vaulter guy he's uh he's helped me a ton you know he taught me the basics because he knows the basics he had to learn pole vault um something that helped a lot too when this whole thing started i was like you know what? i'm gonna take advantage and learn pole vault myself so um abby schmitz is her name she was a pole vaulter here at eastern um very talented and now she coaches at the local high school here and so she met me at our facilities and went over exactly how she teaches her high schoolers how to learn vault. And it, I had a blast doing it. You know, my, my pickup full vault on my own, you know, post-collegiate <laughs> again. Not really. But uh, it helped a lot. There's just a lot of basic things that I learned because I do have the multis that I have to teach pull vault. And I would say that's been probably the biggest challenge over coaching the, the regular vaulters just because I have to teach them everything. And I don't know pull vault. So just kind of, you know, utilizing my resources like Abby, you know, I've called Pat over at Wichita State several times. He went over pole vault, pole inventory with me. Just a lot of different people that I've called to help um, learn as I go has helped. Um, it's definitely been a challenge, but a challenge that I've enjoyed and had fun doing. Yeah, people don't realize how involved Pat's job is here with coaching multis because of the multi-event pole vault is one of the more demanding mentally of any coach you can imagine, especially at the conference meet when you're trying to get a guy over 12 feet. It's, you know, more stressful than a guy jumping 16 feet, you know, that's maybe he's going to score a point or two, but you got a guy that might know height in the multi and that ruins the whole decathlon. Yeah. You know, yeah. Those guys are meet, tired. Yeah. 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 Our indoor meet, I had one of my multis, his PR was, 254 going into the meet and you know I have high jump going on I have long jump going on at the same time so I was all over the place so I had our pole vaulter over there Matt helping him so he's going they're going through the warm-up he's jumping really well I'm like okay it's going great kind of bouncing back and forth I'm like okay you know opening height he comes over and he goes yeah so I picked um two two night or 280 as my opening height <laughs> wait what I'm like did you the competition already started and you chose 280 and your PR is 254 okay, you know, we'll deal with it. I was panicking, like <laughs> panicking. I'm like, I am the worst coach in the world, but I was not there for him. <laughs> Luckily, he ended up PRing by 56 centimeters that day. Oh, there you go. <laughs> you know, it was Mark and jumped 310. So I was, I was okay with it, but there was never a more panicked moment in my entire life until that, that time. <laughs> yeah, that and the conference meet four by one as a coach, that's always the two, I think, most stressful times trying to get the baton around. But so speaking of, <laughs> You mentioned Wichita State a few times. Um, you know, a lot of people listening to this obviously probably are aware that you went to Wichita State and had a great career there. 
So as you're coaching now, and as you're hanging out with people who are making your own path towards your career, how often is Wichita State referenced, thought of? What, what did you learn at Wichita State that's helping you now? Did you discard, did you forget everything from Wichita State and start over? Like how is Wichita <laughs> State factor into what you're doing now? Yeah, clean slate, wiped it, wiped the memory <laughs> bank. Um, yeah, Wichita State has actually brought up a lot. I actually get a lot of questions from the athletes about my college experience. Cause you know, um, I was listening to your podcast with the Princeton coach and you were saying, you know, we're so far removed and, and that's something that younger coaches have an advantage is we were just there. And so I definitely relate back to Wichita State and my time there and experiences I went through. Um, and so it's been definitely something that I referred back to a lot. Like I even have a couple athletes that know and competed against some of your athletes. And so it's brought up even more because of that. Um, like uh, Jaquel, one of our fertilers, knows Grant Downs real well. And so that's been a constant conversation. That was part of the reason that, you know, we're trying to get a, a meet set up with Wichita State because I know like mm -hmm. Jaquel wants to see Grant again and things like that. So Wichita State definitely set the precedent for everything. I mean, had I not gone there, um, I would not be where I am today without you guys, without my experience, without just everything. Um, I say all the time, you know, if I could go back to my senior year of high school and say even I was the most talented hurdler, talented sprinter in the nation and had a full ride offer from Oregon or Texas or, you know, any big time school, I would choose Wichita State 10 times out of 10. I just had such a great experience there um, and the benefit with track. I mean, you know, you can compete at the highest level from any school. As long as you're at the Division One level, you can compete at the highest level. And that's, you know, a huge benefit with track. And so I would 100% of the time choose to go to Wichita State again. And I just had a great experience there. Um, you guys, you guys, coaches, you were amazing. You care about your athletes. And it just really changed the college experience for me and for, for the better. Well, that's nice. I'm going to clip that um, audio out and send it to a bunch of recruits now that are <laughs> – that will try to <laughs> try to that should help in recruiting. Um, that's really nice recruit, of you to say that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, we were talking about this morning. We had a staff uh, phone call that we talked about that meet, trying to figure out Eastern Illinois versus Wichita State. So I know Coach Rainbolt's going to be calling Britain to continue trying to figure out how to get our teams together. So hopefully next year we can figure out one way or the other how we'll be competing against each other. Yeah. So, um, but speaking of Wichita State, if you think of you know maybe ending it with this, if you can think think back of like what one memory sticks out about your time at Wichita State. Maybe it's an athlete. Maybe, maybe it's something funny that happened that nobody knows about except for you. Or maybe it's an All-American performance. Do you, like, do you, when you think about your Wichita State track and field memories, what, what one or two things stick out the most? So there's two main memories. Um, the first one is about Cassidy. I, I can't – Downing? Cassidy? The hurdler. Yeah. Yeah, Cassidy Downing. So – her, I think it was her third or fourth year, um, she, we were getting ready for outdoor conference and she was on, I knew she was one of the bubble people for making the conference roster. And after they, you guys decided to put her on the roster, um, another athlete came up to me and she was pretty upset that Cassidy was chosen. And this girl was already on the roster. She was, you know, a very talented athlete and she was just pissed off about it. She's like, why? I don't get why we brought her. She's not going to score. She's not going to you know, just kind of bad mouthing her. And it really irritated me. And so I went to Cassidy when we got to conference and I was like, Hey Cassidy, I don't care what you have to do, but you need to make the final. Like, <laughs> I don't care how you do it. I don't care if you push a girl and she falls and you make it over her. Like I need you to make the final. That's all I told her. And I'll never forget after she ran her prelim race, she ended up qualifying. She got the last spot and scored a point. 
And after a prelim race, she saw me and she came up and tackled me to the ground because she was so excited that she had a big PR and made finals. And, you know, in the back of my head, I'm like, yeah, that's what you get. You know what? (laughs) She's not going to score any points for us. Like, yeah, there you go. You never know what people could do. So that's one of the best memories. The other one is um, from nationals my third year. And I was, you know, super busy with all my events. I had competed or qualified in the heptathlon, the four by one and the hundred hurdles. And I remember going through the hep, um, day two, long jump, throw javelin. Then I go out to the warm up area, warm up with the four by one. We go out, we run and we ended up getting 17th and we're, you know, a little disappointed, but I couldn't really focus on that because 20 minutes later I had the 800 for the multi. So go out on the track, run my 800, look up after at the final scores, and I'm tied for eighth. And, you know, top eight is first team, top, next top next eight or second team. I'm like, well, crap, how does that get decided? And then all of a sudden I see Bolt and he's yelling and cheering. And I'm like, what? what is happening right now? I'm so confused. <laughs> like, I'm tied for eighth. I still have no idea. And he's like, we got 16th. We got, we got DQ'd. We got 16th. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I don't even care about the tie race now. Like, we got 16th. You know, we got the person that stands out is Deja Young. We got her All-American spot. And uh, shortly after that, about five minutes later, he goes, you got the eighth spot. I'm like, wait, what? He goes, you know, it comes down to whoever won the most events head-to-head, and I won four of the seven. And so I got the eighth spot instead of ninth. And just that, that was just the whole sequence of events that happened there was just a really fun time, and I'll never forget it. Yeah, I remember that too. And that was, I remember seeing the 17th going, ah, because, you know, we had run well to get there and it was maybe a little bit on uh, house money that we were there. And so to to end up, you know, backdoor All-American a little bit, but it's still All-American and your girls are on the wall forever at Wichita State. And every time we have a group of sprinters that are running the relay, you guys are the ones that we talk about in terms of this set the standard. So um, you guys definitely, you were you a huge part of our program, and I appreciate you taking a few minutes chatting about your experience at Eastern Illinois um, and what you guys are dealing with now and everybody is going through. It's a difficult time. So keep those positive memories flowing. And um, when you become a head coach someday out there at a major big-time situation, remember the person that uh, recruited you and helped you get to Eastern Illinois in the first place because he might be looking <laughs> for a job. <laughs> You got it. (laughs) All right. Talk to you later. See ya.